Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina. It's gone. Touchdown. What a hit. He makes it in. Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the dance, <laughs> Greetings and a good Wednesday morning and welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months to get your dream home up and rocking and rolling. The Barndo Company is Gamecock. Owned and operated, thebarndominiumco.com. Welcome home. JC, JB, and Phil here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by our friend, everybody's friend, Hale Owen, Hale Yeah, McGranahan, whatever nickname you want to use today, uh, because he goes by all of them, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, yesterday, Travian Robertson was officially introduced as the new defensive line coach at the University of South Carolina. Quite the day, by the way, for Shane Beamer because he was over at Lake Oconee in Georgia playing in the Chick-fil-A uh, Peach Bowl golf tournament. And he finished fifth, which is which the, the golf game of Gamecock football coaches has really gone downhill since, uh, since Coach Spurrier departed the program about eight years ago. So, <laughs> Shane's going to have to get his you-know-what together if he wants to keep playing in this thing. He did, I think, tie for fifth with Coach Spurrier and uh, Kirby Smart. But he did make it back in time as well uh, to be able to uh, officially introduce Travian Robertson, or I should say, well, I think we should say reintroduce Travian Robertson uh, to Gamecock fans and Gamecock football. So a lot of uh, a lot of that will be discussed today with us and certainly with Hale. We'll get into some recruiting. Carolina baseball is back on the diamond tonight as well up in Rock Thrill against Winthrop. Dylan Eskew uh, will get the start. And, uh, Carolina just a few wins shy, more than likely, of locking up not only a national seed but potentially a top eight national seed. Uh, the D1 baseball guys should have their new field of 64 out today as well. And uh, I doubt that they've moved a whole lot from where they were last week as the third overall seed with a trip to Lexington, Kentucky on the horizon. By the way, guys, something we have not mentioned in the last couple of days, Joe Rice, everybody knows who Joe Rice is, right? Uh, Joe Rice certainly 
of Motley Rice, certainly of uh, one, one of the major donors in South Carolina, one of the biggest fans out there. He's got a horse in the Derby on Saturday night, and it's named Confidence Game. Oh, so fitting for somebody named owned by Joe Rice or a horse no, owned by Joe Rice. So if y'all are like me, I'm a big Derby guy. I love, love, love watching horse racing. Uh, it's a bucket list item. Please put your collective thoughts and prayers together and pull for confidence game on uh, Saturday evening. 6.57 is the official post time from Churchill Downs when Joe Rice's horse confidence game will will try to go win that thing. I think he's at 30 or 40 to 1 odds right now, but we've seen it before. It just happened last year. It was like 45 to 1 odds won the Derby, so we'll see what happens. With all that said, Phil, JC, glad to see your internet's working again and you got the old Schubert jersey back on. Oh, yeah. I, I decided to wear it. Somebody asked if it had been corrected. It is not. But it, the temperature was like a little too warm for a sweatshirt this morning, but uh, a little too cool for uh, short sleeves. So I threw it on to take the kids to school and decided I'd wear it proudly, proudly today. So uh, that's that there. I uh, want to start off by wishing a very happy birthday to my lovely fiance, Nat. All right. Uh, this is... This is a picture of our first date. Uh, Bradford would like to know that uh, we were walking into that stadium where one Eric Church was about to perform. Uh, He broke Taylor Swift's record for uh, a crowd in Nashville Mm -hmm. that day. Uh, They're at uh, Nissan Stadium, which, of course, they're going to bulldoze down and build a new billion-dollar dome here pretty soon in Nashville. But uh, uh, it's been a great, wonderful four years coming up with her. Uh, this was at the end of May in 2019. A lot has happened since then. <laughs> but uh, certainly love you, babe, and uh, happy birthday to you. And uh, uh, we're going to try to make it memorable and try to grill some of those steaks you like tonight and uh, relax and have a good time. So happy birthday to Nat uh, well, uh, today. But didn't she get an early birthday present yeah. last night? Last night. Yes. Ah, I didn't say I forgot about this. Nat um Nat won in bingo last night. <laughs> uh first time uh first time she's ever won. Uh and uh, I didn't win last night, but uh our our losing our, now we're on a winning streak, right? This is two yeah. bingos in a row. Uh we didn't go last week, of course, was going she was out of town and I was about to go out of town, but uh two bingos in a row. Nat uh Nat we've walked away with a couple hundred bones in our pocket so uh, <laughs> fun times fun times i mean it, it's yeah the money for that thing too but guys it when they get in the later rounds, sometimes the pot's like six hundred dollars mm-hmm. so uh we won one of the early ones the 200 um pot but uh you know you can walk away with a grand if your luck is right at tavern bingo on tuesday nights <laughs> so um yeah we went out there and had a blast as normal. All of our friends were out there and stuff. But uh, Nat, Nat was a champion last night and uh, played that card correctly. And uh, very proud of her, and certainly proud to be her fiance today. Since uh, you know she's a, such a winner. That's right. <laughs> but Phil, in the in the uh, in the words of Skipper Lou Brown, that's one. If you win two. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. That's called a winning streak. So what I'm hearing hearing here is uh, she almost uh, crept up on one Vershawn Lee 
who won the wing eating contest <laughs> pa- this past weekend and, and got a couple couple of hundos in his pocket too. So, well, that's uh, a yeah, happy for Sean. I think broke a grand. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, by the way, speaking of Vershawn Lee, we have some Vershawn Lee T-shirts coming. Um, mm. Our friends at Garnet Trust have uh, made up some Vershawn Lee wing eating T-shirts. Uh, we'll be promoting them and selling them uh, through the site and, and here on the show. Uh, all the money goes to him, one hundred percent. But it's a pretty cool T-shirt. It's got his picture and wing champion on it. Right. So uh, pretty happy that they put all that together and uh, and all that money goes to Vershawn. So this wing eating thing for him is going to become quite a profitable enterprise. Yeah, you know, yes. uh, in time because you know you're talking about uh, eleven hundred or so that he won over the past, uh, you know, over the two competitions and then he's about to sell a bunch of t-shirts so i mean this this could be one of the greatest nil deals in the history of nil deals simply for eating wings well i mean if if you're you know which there's only a few of them left but i mean if you're uh if you're wild wing cafe or you know buffalo wild wings or any team i mean if you sell wings and you hadn't quite picked up on the fact that Vershawn Lee might be a a decent ambassador for your business. You're missing the boat, dude. Right. Like, who? The, I mean, fire your marketing director right now. Like, what an idiot! Whoever that is. Somebody there is Rashawn not a hotter. There's not a hotter name, image, and likeness name in the state of South Carolina than Vershawn Lee. I mean, the guy can shove some chicken. We watched it. You've seen the video. We played it yesterday. JC, we'll have to make sure we supply that video to, I'm assuming it's going to be ESPN, whatever network gets game one between North Carolina and Carolina uh, in Charlotte, uh, because that would be, that's that's a big deal for him. I mean, this, this thing could go a long way. I, I think so. I mean, his technique and pacing, uh, I, I think that's I tweeted really out, it's unrivaled. It's uh, it is, it's yeah. crazy. It's because uh, you, you know he's just got this. Uh, he's like a horse. It's like a horse race. You know, he's, he's like a racehorse. Uh, all yeah. of a sudden, you look up and he's lapped almost lapped everybody. So, uh, congrats to Vershawn, and certainly uh, that that's gonna that that legend's gonna live on for quite some time. Yeah, he's it's it, he's he took a good bite. Um, he knew when to utilize the water. Um, you know, you're watching the rest of these guys. They were kind of trying to nibble around the the front end and the back end of the bones and, and this, that, and the other. But Vershawn, he knew better. I mean, he's obviously done this. So he just – you take the bite, whatever's in it, you, you chew it and you swallow it and you move on. These other guys, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. Um, it was it was actually pretty pathetic when it comes down to it. So uh, hats off to Vershawn Lee and, and the and the rest of those losers that, that were trying to keep up with him. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, the, the, well, future I, I, competitive eating. He's like, you know, look out, Joey Chestnut. I thought it was funny, though. like watching. Uh, I think it was Xavier Leggett. He decided he wanted to get in on this thing, and he sat in there, and he didn't have a prayer. <laughs> you know, I mean, nah, the, the, the <laughs> only <laughs> position guy that even came, Mo Kaba, the first, the first yeah. one, uh, got in, and, and Mario Anderson was in, and, and Mario was kind of toward the bottom, but Mo. Mo was probably top five that first night. You know, I don't. Th- I don't even know if he did it on Saturday, but uh, it was. Yeah, uh, he did. He, they were the only position guys that that, that uh, kind of uh, placed. I guess uh, the rest was all the linemen, and uh, you know, Sidney Fugar, Nick Gargiulo, 
Uh, they were right there. I hate what happened. Ja'Kai Moore kind of got, you know, both times. Uh, I yes, found out true. who the lady was blowing on his uh, chicken wings, too. It was, uh, it was Chris Payne's wife on his porch. Yeah, uh-huh. had tried to help him out. And, um, you know, and then, but then the first time in Columbia, Ja'Kai kind of hit a wall, too. Like, I think that the, the seasoning didn't really agree with him or something. Um, so he didn't, he, he didn't, I felt bad for him because I know he can probably uh, place or at least compete under normal circumstances. So anyway, a lot of fun. The wing eating contest was great. And, uh, you know, I talked to a player today that was um, at both events and said, thanks so much. Uh, it was great networking with so many people and meeting so many people. And we had a lot of fun. So again, that's what it's all about. So I'm fired up about it. Yeah, actually, I I got one of those texts yesterday myself from from one of those players that was there. So that was a really, really thank those guys for for what they did. By the way, uh, I mentioned the the Derby. Um, Just so everybody's clear on this, uh, Joe Rice's horse confidence game, they've got him in the fourth post position, which that's a dandy at the Derby and moved up to 20 to one odds. I'm telling you. Oh, old Joey Rice's resume is going to – there's something that's going to go right to the top of it this weekend if this dang horse wins the derby. So, Horse oh, racing yeah. champion. That moves oh, everything man. out of the way there. Well, you know, Joe, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I sent you all the article um, from the paper, but Gene Sapikoff just wrote a beautiful, beautiful article about this in the Post and Courier. But Joe, Joe Rice has long had um, horses. He's got a – about 500 acres up in Allendale, you know, and, and stuff like that. But um, so he's been wanting to do this for a long time. This isn't where somebody just kind of came along like, hey, we know you have money, chip in so we can put a horse in the derby. You know, he's he's been very uh, kind of waiting it's a, for the right moment. So we'll it's a that. cool uh, it, it's a cool business. It's a cruel business because sometimes those horses, you know, they get health problems or whatever. And, and it, it's sad. But uh, my mom used to show quarter horses when she was young. And uh, and all that. So you know, our, the the race horsing people, you know, mm-hmm. they they get after it and put their money in it and stuff like that. So sort of, uh, hey, look, the Gamecocks are on a roll, right, folks? You know, from from recruiting uh, to basketball, recruiting's picked up a bit to the women's team to the baseball team. So it makes sense that a Gamecock could win the Kentucky Derby, right? Certainly. I don't think the horse is a game. Horse may not be a Gamecock fan. But well, you had the you, know you had the Gamecock horse. Um, what's his? Uh, oh gosh, his name slipped my mind here. But Coach Be- they had linked up with Coach Beamer, and the horse uh, yeah. had the you know uh, the Gamecock uh, blanket. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's something else. That family. Uh, shoot, I can't remember now. With the young the the, the kid. Uh, it, the young man's name. Uh, he just wanted to be a Gamecock football player before he passed. And um, so oh yeah, certainly... yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, Mister. Uh, yeah, Mister Panis. But Mister Pan, Stephen Panis. Uh, Panis. Stephen Panis. There yeah, you go. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah,
you know, with every tragedy comes uh, a lot of brightness sometimes. And I think, you know, you admire people that make the most of it. So, and, yeah. and they do. Great family. So, Great. yeah. Krager says, how did Rice make his money? Well, he's a lawyer. He's one of the biggest, best lawyers in the country. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it started really him and Ron Motley in the 90s. Um, they uh, they were the lead litigators in the uh, national lawsuit against the tobacco companies. And um, and from there, they've taken on some of the biggest uh, the biggest uh, suits in U.S. history. Um, coal miners lawsuits, uh, the BP oil spill. Um, right now, uh, they're in the middle of the Takata airbag lawsuit, uh, something we actually we did with JB and Goldwater, did with ESPN, have helped them promote on a local level. Um, but uh, I tell you right now, you have no idea that guy's got one penny to his name if you met him. He's one of the kindest people in the world. And uh, he's a great, great, great Gamecock who never wants his name out there, but we'll, we throw it out there for him because he, he's deserved it. So, yeah. all right. Uh, By the way, Joey Sox lives in Kentucky. Here's yeah. his weekend. Great he's weekend. Going to, he's going to see Blues Traveler, which is awesome. Nice. Oh. The hook wow. brings you yeah. back. Uh, the, uh, and, and then the Gamecock Baseball Series and the Derby this weekend for him. Well, and it's it's great on Saturday because Carolina Baseball plays at 2 and the post time six fifty seven. So you get to, get right to see it all. Yeah. All right, so it's 11.20 on this. Uh, just a, I wish that every day in October was like this during football season. 75 and sunny, but about 55, 50 degrees at night. This is what football weather is. It is May. We're, you know, we're kind of wanting to get in the pool, so I wish it heat up a little bit. But it is beautiful nonetheless. So hopefully you're able to enjoy all of that. We do know this, though. When we come back from this break, you will enjoy Owen Hale Yeah McGranahan. Uh, he's been kind enough to pop in on our program today and stay as long as JC wants to keep him. So we'll hit a quick timeout. Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. Hale McGranahan up next. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, 
all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team about setting up a no-obligation consultation to see if they can turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat for the summer. And, of course, Cindy Frost and the Cole Maker Cane Realty team sponsor the first hour. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy, and she'll be happy to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs. Joining us now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line is Hail Money McGranahan. Is that what we're supposed to take it as? I love it. Dollar signs. Hail, yeah. good morning to you. Oh, uh, Travian Robertson has hit the road already recruiting. Any idea where or who he's going to talk to today? <laughs> he's he's in Atlanta per his Twitter, so I, I would imagine he'll probably hit some of the you know, area spots that, that Jimmy Lindsay had. I, I don't know for sure if, if that's how things are going to be structured, but but Jimmy Lindsay uh, worked a good bit uh, of that part of, of Georgia uh, in, in some, some spots in Atlanta and, and moving further out west and even east. Um, you just look at some of the guys who were who committed uh, to that, that 2023 class, signed with the 2023 class. Uh, a lot of them had Jimmy, Jimmy Lindsay as their area recruiter. So it's – Obviously, a talent-rich area, and I would think that uh, Travian Robertson would, would kind of be a natural fit there. I, I, I would assume he worked Atlanta pretty extensively when he was at Georgia State as well. So I'm guessing he, he's seen some familiar faces and, and walking into those schools with, with the Gamecock logo on and, and not not Georgia State or Albany State or something like that. Hale, Hale you've, you've been to a lot of press conferences where assistant coaches – uh, have been named to their roles at South Carolina and other places, of course. Um, clearly, I think one of the the most emotional press, the most emotional press conference we've ever seen with South Carolina football was that of Shane Beamer. But have you ever seen an assistant coach? Have you ever seen a, the press conference of an assistant coach go the way that that one did yesterday? Did it have kind of a similar feel to what you saw when Coach Beamer was hired at Carolina? Uh, I would say 
that's that's tough to answer because Coach Beamer's introductory press conference was over Zoom, so I was oh god, that's right, yeah. at home for that one. Yeah, uh, but you could feel it in the room with with Travian Robertson yesterday for sure. Uh, he he, uh, you know, I thought he was he was kind of doing his best to keep it together there at the beginning of it. He he seemed pretty touched emotionally. So so yeah, I, I think it's very clear that this means a lot to him, and and I think anyone who who's been around him before and knows him a little bit uh, was probably expecting something similar to, to what happened yesterday with uh, how he answered the questions and what he talked about and, and, and just <laughs> body language, I guess. You <laughs> Shit. Yeah. JC. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I my mic, I thought I had my mic muted there. My bad. <laughs> oh, you're good. But I'll just wrap <laughs> Probably a good cue for me to end. Yeah, it was. Uh, you could tell that, that this means a lot to Coach Rob. Yeah, I, mean, I, I yeah. agree. Go ahead, JB. I'm sorry. No, I I was just going to – the only thing I'm going to slip in here, it's it's kind of a bland comment, but it just – this really feels like we've all known this was coming at some point in time. I mean, we, we've watched him over the last few years become – JC hit the nail on the head the other day, and I'm glad that he did it because it wasn't just about the fact that this guy played at South Carolina. Shane Beamer has to hire good football coaches who can recruit. Hale. Like he, he doesn't have a choice. You can't get where you want to go by hiring bad coaches, uh, whether they played for your school or not. And, and JC on Monday was making that point you know, crystal clear that th- this happened to just check all of the boxes that you want, seemingly. You still got to go out and coach, but – um, it just seems like something that for the last couple of years, we, as we've, if you knew about Travion Robertson, you watched what was going on at Georgia State, you followed what happened at Tulane, you just figured at some point in time he more than likely would get a get a call from Columbia, and uh, I don't know if we expected it to be in May of 2023, uh, yeah. but he, he certainly he certainly got it. That was an interesting timeline, by the way, that Shane laid out yesterday with the LSU situation. Sure, yeah, and I'm looking over here at the comments. Clint Morrison mentioning Justin Step being pretty emotional as well, and I, I, uh, I was I was probably going to bring that up before JC started coughing at everybody. So, well, yeah, Step, you can tell it meant a lot to Step too, for sure. Okay, JC, go ahead, man. Um. Uh, no, it's uh, you know, as far as from a recruiting standpoint, I. Hell, I would be personally surprised if this guy wasn't a superstar uh, on the recruiting trail. And and I wanted to get your take on this. You know, Beamer's made several. You know, since his first staff, he, he's made several hires. Uh, all of them, uh, I don't necessarily think they came in with a long, like a long list of four and five star guys they had landed. Uh, a lot of them were in the NFL. You know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But, man, Jody Wright, Dowell Loggins, uh, Sterling Lucas, those guys, they're, they're among the top recruiters on the staff. Uh, and so I would be hard-pressed to think that Travian would, would, would be anything less than, than those guys that uh, Beamer's already hired. Um, you know, it, it, it's despite the fact that, you know, he's only at Tulane a year, didn't really, you know, uh, I, I don't know about recruiting there, but um, – you know, uh, and Georgia State a couple of years, but uh, uh, I think I think he's got the goods, uh, and I think Beamer flat out knows how to evaluate coaches that can go and recruit and fit. 
Yeah, and I I think the the point that that Beamer made yesterday that makes a lot of sense is Travian Robertson can sell, play defensive tackle at South Carolina. Look at me, I did it. I I got drafted. I played in the NFL for several years. Got to pick what I wanted to do, and 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 here I am. You know, however many years later. Uh, so so that's it's always kind of nice to have a guy like that on your staff. Just general generally speaking, whether it's coaching defensive tackles or, or running backs, wherever, uh, it, it's it's a nice nice little boost, a little added value, I guess you could say, uh, to to what a guy like that brings to the staff, and and beyond that, uh, and you, you just want to get get somebody who who's the best best fit and, and and a good coach, and and he sort of checks those boxes too. I I think I think that's safe to say that uh, he's going to fit right in at South Carolina, and uh, seems like probably a pretty good coach too with, with some of the success. Uh, his his positions had at his previous stops. His teams like Tulane last year and how good they were. It's probably no no coincidence that a good team like that is hiring good coaches uh, to coach coach their guys up. So I I, I think it just again makes a thousand percent sense. Like, it was a com- complete turnaround. They were two and ten before he got there, and eleven and two last year. So uh, and it wasn't. It wasn't all their offense. You know, I've said this many times. They went out to Kansas State and punched them in the face, uh, by and large, because their defensive front dominated that game. Like Kansas State's a really good football team, you know. Uh, you know, and, and I think that Tulane, as I said yesterday, it's not the easiest place to recruit defensive linemen to. Despite it's, it being in Louisiana, their academic standards get them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that popular of a choice, uh, you know. Uh, the kids that can get into Southern Miss can't get into Tulane. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of challenges there. And so for him to maximize that bunch last year like he did, uh, to me, uh, speaks volumes about his uh, coaching, uh, on-field coaching ability. We got a question about Micah Gilbert. Uh, didn't he commit to – I guess he committed to Notre Dame, um, the receiver from Charlotte. Uh, how hard were the Gamecocks pushing for him? Quiet, Red. <laughs> uh, not really that hard. He- he he visited in the spring to watch practice and came back for the spring game and and they hadn't been pushing for him uh, in in a, in a little while. I, I, so yeah, he he had South Carolina in his final group. I, I I'm not even sure if he's already committed or what. That's should tell you everything you need to know when it comes to how close of attention I was paying to it. I, I knew he was announcing today, but yeah, not not really a guy I've been following that seriously at this point. Yeah, Let so me, you wouldn't say yeah. you wouldn't say South Carolina missed on him. I wouldn't say they missed on the guy. Uh, they they had an opportunity to be a bigger player than they were. I mean, he showed up to the spring game a few weeks ago, and and here he is making a decision a couple weeks later. So, so they they could have probably been a bit a pretty significant factor if if uh, they were pushing for him and, and really showed a lot yeah. of interest. Let me let me revert back to some of this coaching staff. I, I want to go back to I want to kind of tee it up for uh, for for JC Red and and Hale to kind of all discuss this together. Um, let's go back to 2016 when Coach Muschamp got hired because I think one of the things that stood out amongst the fan base it became the talking point. If you if you weren't on board with the Will Muschamp hire under get it we understandably so you know for for a lot of reasons however there were very few people at the time that could really question the hires of his assistant coaches and 
if you go back and look at the resumes of those guys, we're you know talking about Travis Robinson, we're talking about BMAC, we're talking about Lance Thompson, you know, guys who had won major awards for being outstanding recruiters, outstanding assistant coaches. They had this elite level of uh, elite level track record of being able to sign guys. Another recruiter on that staff is a guy named Will Muschamp. I mean, we we knew that they could sign guys. Uh, we we had seen this in their careers, and um, and they did. They 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 did. They they JC, you pointed out yesterday, they didn't leave this roster depleted of talent for when Coach Beamer took over. There was talent on the roster. There were some areas that were deficient. There's no doubt, but they but it wasn't like 2015. You know, it wasn't like Brad Scott. Like there were players here, but then you fast forward to Coach Beamer, and and he's been different in how he's hired coaches. Like he's hired a lot of assistant coaches that don't have this wild track record of being named a national assistant coach of the year and signing a hundred four and five star players to this school and that school or whatever it is. But seemingly it's working better than it's ever worked at Carolina right now, Hale. So. I was just going to see if you two could maybe have the conversation to compare and contrast what Will Muschamp saw as value in evaluators and what Shane Beamer sees as value in evaluators of talent. I think I think Muschamp, it, it was strange because the, the best recruiter on Will Muschamp's staff, uh, with the exception that I got, I got to give Thomas Brown a lot of credit during the short time he was there. I mean, going and getting Marshawn Lloyd was impressive and all that. Uh, and got Zaquandre White and got Rashad Amos. Uh, there's a reason he's up for NFL head coaching jobs now. But uh, I uh, I thought it was crazy because the, the best recruiters on Muschamp's staff uh, arguably ended up being Muschamp himself, uh, who was in on every big battle they got. I mean, he kind of took the lead. Uh, Bobby Bentley, who had never recruited before, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Mike Peterson, uh, was and, and Mike Peterson missed on a lot of guys. Uh, the rest of those guys, you know, and and Eric Wolford obviously went and recruited his position quite well. The rest of those guys were a lot hit, hit or miss. I mean, uh, Tavares Robinson didn't sign that many guys out of South Florida, like everybody thought. Uh, Lance Thompson. The best player he signed ended up being Darius Rush. You can credit Lance for that one, but uh, he missed on a lot of guys, especially in state. Uh, B Mac, we saw what happened to the receiver room, um, and and, it, I, I, and I think that there's something to be said, guys. Uh, when you look at the programs that have, have risen in college football, and I'll use Clemson as an example. Uh, Clemson, yeah, they went out and got Venables, and they got Chad Morris one year after he had uh, been coaching in high school. Uh, but they built that staff with familiarity to Dabo, familiarity to Clemson, all that, and and they got players that way, you know, because they believed in what they were selling. Uh, a lot of times when you have guys that have only worked at Blue Bloods, you know, and they come to a place like South Carolina, mm-hmm. they, they sort of get lost because, they, they you know, it's, it's not as easy to walk into school with the Gamecock on your, your, your shirt as it is to the script A from Alabama, right? Or the Gator, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, you got to kind of find a way to sell what you've got. And I, and I think although the Muschamp staff did recruit well, you know, certainly raised the talent level from what he inherited, uh, they weren't breaking through like these guys. 
uh, and, and I think belief uh, and, and uh, knowledge of where you're at uh, and knowing how to make it work where you were at uh, goes a long way. And I think the staff has that uh, in, in many ways uh, compared to the old. Yeah, the point about those guys working at, at some marquee programs is it's probably something that, that I was going to start with, uh, you know, a few minutes ago. That, that to me, was, was a little bit of fool's gold. I mean, you, you look at, at Brian McClendon and coaching running backs at Georgia, I, I think a lot of people could recruit the best running backs in the country to come play at Georgia, uh, even before, you know, they started on, on this run that they've been on here the last couple of years. Uh, T Rob, T Rob jumped around for, with Muschamp over the years, and, and was obviously at some good spots, whether it was Florida or Auburn, uh, places like that. Uh, the, the list goes on. Like Lance Thompson being in Alabama, some it, it it was just again a little bit of fool's gold to me. And and the thing the thing that I kind of look back at with that staff and and kind of wonder about was Muschamp was involved with a lot of guys, and that's. That's great when your head coach wants to be a strong recruiter and, and all that, but I think it almost was kind of like taking on a little too much. Like he he didn't he didn't let in some cases let his assistant coaches really take the lead on on recruiting a lot of guys and and uh, and, and he was the main recruiter for for some of their best players. Don't get me wrong, but he was also the main recruiter for like every guy who played uh, on those Georgia defenses the last couple of years. Like I. And and not to say that if Mike Peterson was more involved or Lance Thompson was more involved on some of those guys, whatever. But I, it just to me, looking back on it, I, I think he was kind of almost uh, taking on a little too much and, and putting a lot of stuff on his plate when, when you're already going to have a lot as a head coach. You can't be the D coordinator, the safeties coach, the recruiting coordinator, the special teams coordinator, and the head coach. And yeah. he he, I, I agree stretched himself way too thin um, in a lot of ways. But, you know, left it better than he found it, and uh, Beamer's built on that, you know. And, and I'm not sitting here defending that tenure, uh, but, you know, a lot of the guys that, that Beamer's won ball games with uh, were his recruits, and including all the ones that got drafted the other night. And so, uh, you know, Muschamp didn't have anybody drafted the first couple of years besides Hayden Hurst, right, that Spurrier left him. So, it's kind of telling there's your proof on that. So I, I yeah. think too, I, I want to make sure we always in, in, add this in because this is, there's, I'm going to make two points here and then I'll let y'all kind of jump back in, but I want to, I want to lump Phil into one of these two because Phil's mentioned this multiple times around here. One, l- let's, let's give Will Muschamp a lot of credit on something. He, 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 him and coach Tanner and a lot of people with people like to bag on, had everything to do with that those buildings that are over there next to Williams Bryce Stadium. All right, so you know that that stuff. There's a lot that that means a lot today because of what they did back then to get that stuff done. I'm not sure, and obviously Hale, you're going to know much better than me. You, you meet all these guys, you see them all on campus, you, you're in the facility all the time. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you don't miss out on some of the guys that they've signed or have committed in the last couple of classes without that building. So that's one point I always want to make sure that we that we bring up. The second one, though, here, I mentioned Phil's name because Phil said it before. I think everybody misses something when they say sell, sell, sell. I, I think that's a lot of what Will Muschamp had 
was he had guys that they had the sales pitch down. I know Lance Thompson had the sales pitch down. I've heard it. All right. And, and, and those things, they can't come off as sales pitches. And I'm not exactly sure that that's what this group is doing under Shane Beamer. I don't think that they're really selling anything. Remember when Coach Muschamp guys said, I can sell ice to an Eskimo? I'm, I'm not sure that that's Coach Beamer's mentality. I don't think he wants to sell ice to an Eskimo. I think that he wants to create a relationship like Nick Harbor said when he committed and signed with South Carolina. That's, that's where my relationships are. And I think that that's been more of his approach. I don't want to sell you anything. I like you as a football player. We collectively in this building like you as a football player. We want to build a relationship with you and try to convince you that this is where you need to be with that relationship as opposed to I want to sell you on why you should be here. Does that does that make any sense to anybody? Yeah, for sure. I I couldn't agree more. And not to get too into the weeds about trying to compare where this this staff is and and what what that previous one did. Um we also got to keep in mind it's, it's a lot easier to get things turned around and rolling and and feeling feeling good about stuff when you can bring in players from the transfer portal, which didn't exist when Muschamp was here. So I well, I think that's just a, an important variable to keep in mind. That that's the only reason I even bring it up. But but I, I couldn't agree more, JB. It's a little more genuine with these guys. Uh, whether they're just better at making it seem genuine or or in reality, that's where that's where it is. But I. I, I think it's it's a little more genuine with with the head coach and and on on down with the staff. I like I like Bruin Nation's comment here. He's actually not wrong. I can sell drugs to a crackhead, but it doesn't make me a kingpin. Um, which which there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, it's easy to sell drugs to somebody that you know. Like so, yeah. I no, and I would I would wager that Will Muschamp's pitch to current recruits now was a little different. Not just because they're national champions, but because he's more familiar with the program. His heart is with Georgia, always has been, and probably doesn't have to quote hard sell so much. Uh, yeah, with that program because it's in it's inside of him, and you know, in, inherently, kind of like I feel Beamer is with this program. It just his he speaks from the heart. He just speaks his truth. He didn't get Xavier McLeod though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, mean, that's, uh, I don't know, but no, nah, he. Uh, well, that's yeah, knowing your audience too, though. That's the other that's, side of sales. Yeah. Is, you know, you, know, <laughs> you got to know who you're talking to too. <laughs> Can never accuse that staff uh, or must yet. I'm sorry, I'm not going to say the whole staff because some of them really left a lot to be desired, uh, especially you know the recruiting trail and in general. Uh, Can never accuse Will Muschamp of not working hard and getting up every oh, no. day and grinding for the program. So, uh, and yeah, he's in a good spot and they, his kids on the roster there and his other kids going to Vandy. And so, uh, life is good. If you're will, you probably got, yeah. you know, still, financially still got doing Muschamp pretty Island well. too. Yeah. They got <laughs> Bloom Island, you know, still doing well, but, yeah. uh, it was, uh, it was just one of those things, but yeah, South Carolina is heading in the right direction. So speaking of the transfer portal, uh, there are some, there has been some activity there. Hell, uh, fill everybody in as much as you can uh, on that, and uh, you know potentially, uh, you know what's going on with the Gamecocks there. Yeah, there's what uh, the the portal the portal window is over, right? So you know, yeah, look at that, and they're like, all right, well, you know, is it done? Not really. There, there's 
going to be some visits coming up. We're, we're expecting a, a couple, at least a couple this weekend um, or towards the end of the week uh, for South Carolina guys coming in. Um, and, and, and what who those names are, Jay, JC, I don't know if you've disclosed that information yet. Uh, on no. The, okay. Well, we're, we're still kind of in the limbo a little bit, like, like I framed it on, on the board last night, just trying to use a little discretion here. I don't yeah. want to be too um, vague. But we're going to see what happens with with some guys, and 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 I think everybody is, is familiar enough with the handful of names that that South Carolina has been involved with, whether it's Jatias Gear Gear. Need to figure out how to say that one. Uh, the, the defensive end from Syracuse, um, Logan Diggs, the running back from Notre Dame. Uh, there's the offensive lineman from Tulsa. Uh, there's there's an offensive lineman who visited as a walk on uh, candidate from from Mercer. Um, and there are a handful of DBs out there and, and uh, you know, probably some other names that, that we're, we're not really talking a whole lot about now, quite frankly. But uh, th- things are coming along. It, it hadn't gone as quickly as, as, as the staff would hope. I, I, I think that's probably safe to say. You know, when you look at, at some of the schools around the country and, and what they've been able to do and getting guys on campus and getting commits and getting, getting them signed and all that stuff and, there's a pr- pretty consistent list of, of teams that, that seem to pop up with all the top guys. And it's probably not a coincidence when you look at, at uh, what they're getting and, and how they're, they're adding to their classes, whether it's a Southern Cal, Louisville's been a player, Auburn's been a player. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of the same types, obviously Colorado. Um, so yeah, the yeah. up there is, is pretty fierce. It's moving at, at a lightning pace, and just because things are the way they are yesterday, today, it could be totally different by the time we're eating dinner tonight. Like that, it just it just happens so quickly, and and it's hard to, to nail things down. Um, whether it's a guy coming in for a visit or getting ready to commit to a school, I mean, we're, we're there. There have been a handful of guys who flipped their commitments. There, there's a tight end who, yeah, who, uh, <laughs> transferred from North Texas and. I can't remember where he was committed, but he flipped somewhere. So it's Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas, yeah, yeah Arkansas. Um, I mean, it's it's good old fashioned recruiting, but but it's not. It's it's very different. It's it's uh, it's interesting to follow, and and hopefully we'll have some more specifics we can uh, talk about here. here yeah, let's just say there are a lot of factors in play. So all right, so let's just. I know we got to get let Hale go here just a second. Come on. I mean, everybody's going to ask this question. So let's just, let, let's put it on the table real quick so we can, so people can at least try to figure out what's going on. How serious really, realistically is the Logan Diggs deal from, from Notre Dame? I mean, I mean, it I, certainly seems like LSU is the destination. So why, why would it not be LSU? Uh, I, I guess it could be any number of reasons, but uh, if it's, if it's South Carolina, Compared to LSU, you can just look at the roster of running backs and uh, and see that South Carolina's depth chart is much more friendly. I mean, it's probably more favorable than than anybody in the country at this point when you just look at what's coming back and, and what you can expect from the guys who are, who are on it right now. So I think it would start right there if, it, if you say, you know, why does South Carolina have a shot? But he is from New Orleans, I think, or, or that part of Louisiana. 
Brian Kelly obviously is the coach at LSU, and Brian Kelly signed him at Notre Dame. So um, mm-hmm. th- those are some pretty heavy oh. factors uh, weighing against the Gamecocks at this point. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, the, game, so. the game. Yeah. The Gamecocks path here is depth chart. I mean, that's that's the depth chart. You know, yeah. Period. All right, defensive end. Uh, we've y'all. y'all uh, I know JC's uh, obviously mentioned that there's um, that there's you know uh, potentially something else going on out there that we'll have to kind of wait and see down the road, maybe sooner than later. Who knows? You've already mentioned the gear kid. Um, so if things work out, we know the rumors are out there about Jordan Birch. Those are real rumors. We'll see what happens, but those are real. We can say that. Um, if if two of those three things happen from where you where the roster is right now, Hale, at defensive end, with what we know that is there, and if let's say they, they bring in a couple of transfers, the the ones that we're aware of, not named Jordan Birch. One to ten scale, where does it go? I'm not sure what you're asking exactly. How much better is that defensive end room if if Carolina receives a couple of commitments from those transfers? Uh a lot better. I mean, you're you're looking at a couple of guys in the two deep who who are probably three techniques right now with with the way the roster is made up and Tonka Hemingway and Elijah Davis and I I think they could be pretty good. They could function pretty well as defensive ends, probably right. But you you'd like to have have them inside a defensive tackle and, and make that position even stronger, and then in turn make your your defense even stronger. So. I, it would be tough to quantify it, JB, because uh, it's that. Uh, I, I honestly, I need to like try to watch some of Jatias Jeer and I go see some of his highlights from Syracuse and look at what he did at BHP. I haven't had an, an occasion to to do that yet, honestly. So I, I don't want to sit here and try to say, oh, I think they're twice as good if they can get him and one other guy. Like that, that's hard for me to say right now. But but I think it would be. Pretty pretty significant if if for no other reason that allows your defensive tackles to to focus at defensive tackle and, and not not try to uh, you know keep things pieced together on the edge. Yeah, I guess what I was getting at here to summarize is they're not just adding players that players at that position; they're actually adding good players uh, if if they're able to add them. Because uh, I you know I don't yeah. think people like the kid from Belton Honeyapath, the gear kid, like JC. You mentioned that he's a good player. Like, he'll come in and play. It's not just a guy that they're going to sign just to say, well, now we have seven defensive ends. No, we're signing a guy to come in and actually play football here. Got yeah, three more years, too, and started at – I mean, six and a half tackles for a loss last year. At the, yeah. You, you, yeah, I, go watch go watch some of his stuff, man. It's uh, it's good. And he's, he, for some reason, listed at 233 on the Syracuse roster. He's about 260 is my yeah. understanding. So, he's big, boy. he's big enough. So, yeah, flip from orange to garnet. That'd be neat. All right, Hale, uh, did we leave anything off here? Anything burning at the top of your mind that you just got to make sure you dish before we let you go? Oh, gosh. Uh, no. Uh, keep, <laughs> keep reading the Big Spur and subscribe if you're not already subscribed. We we uh, we do good work over there as well as, oh, yeah. as you guys do here on, on the podcast. You guys, are, yeah. you guys are awesome. I love the podcast, but I love the BigSpur.com more, so I got I to gotta, – I that up a little bit. Yeah. Oh hey, no, trust, not a whole trust lot. me, dude. I love the big spur too. <laughs> yeah. Anything that's how anything. I was able to afford this jersey. You know? Yeah, that's right. The one that he couldn't yeah. even spell his own name right. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Anything left? No, just subscribe to the big spur. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're uh, we're uh, 
we're we're getting ready to to get into talking. Like this for me is like the start of talking season. Yeah. When mm-hmm. Shane Beamer is going to Charlotte tonight to to do the first Gamecock Club deal, and uh, I always love this time of year because you never know what's going to come out of not just Gamecock Club, but like any any booster club. Speaking of engagement, uh, anywhere across this fine part of the country. There, there's always some kind of like nugget that, that, that gets out and uh, starts a little, little battle uh, and, and makes things fun through the summer months. So I, I'm real excited about that. Probably more excited than I need to be. It's definitely more exciting than spring practice. I'll, I'll go on the record. Uh, this time of month, the, the booster circuit is much better than spring practice. So basically, who's going to take a shot at Saban, or who's Saban going to take a shot at? Is what we're looking for. Is what this or yeah. Davo or, or Davo? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's also Davo or Deion Sanders. I mean, there's a lot of. There, I can it's only a, it's imagine a, what he's going to say now, being a D1, you know, coach. It's, it's a target-rich environment <laughs> in college football right now. Billy Napier's right. sort of putting himself into the crosshairs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there, there's some, there's some good ones. I, Somebody. Hell, here will this is your project until the welcome home tour is over. All right, sneak somebody in somewhere, whether it's down here in Somerville or where, wherever, and try to somebody try to get Shane to just admit who he was talking about that he'd want to punch in the face. <laughs> you know, so and that's part part of the deal is you know media gets to talk to him before yeah. he goes goes and does these things. So I I will ask that question at at one of the the handful that I go to. Could be tonight. I'll be in Charlotte tonight. Could be uh, next week when when I go to like Aiken or Somerville, whichever one's first. So, yeah, I, I want to know that answer too, JB. I, I, I do. I got that answer too. Well, now that we've got gotten to know, we've gotten to know some of these guys. Now, uh, you know, we need to just sh- shut a, shove a a mole in that building and just. You know, get him to say it. He thinks he's saying it in confidence to somebody, and then they let us know, and then we report it. He'll never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I don't know. <laughs> and Clint says, "Hey, I'll blink twice if Keon Coleman is one of the visitors." <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, so now that, Hale's that, trying not to blink. Yeah. <laughs> so I start watering. <laughs> that that name. I don't even uh, have eyelids. My eyelids, uh, they're. <laughs> hey oh man we kept you for a long time checks in the mail thanks brother sweet y'all y'all be good appreciate it thanks hell. Hell. oh and hell yeah mcgranahan uh uh <laughs> J- jamie uh asked why not charleston for these visits well shane was in mount pleasant i think it was, was it last year or the year before they tried to move him around a little bit um but uh they were at matter of fact at joe rice's building i can't remember was that last year um and they'll I'm be sure back. There's a Charleston area this year. I mean, they wouldn't. They're not just Summer, it's Somerville. 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 It's going yeah. to Somerville. Yeah. So you know they try to because I think that one's actually going to be hosted by the Dorchester County Gamecock Club. So they kind of try yeah. to bounce them around and and do the best they can and this that and the other and talking season and this that and the other. But we are probably um, I'd have to. Look, I don't remember the exact dates of when they're in Destin, but we we should be guys about through uh, Memorial Day. So a little less than four weeks away from at least find, from finding out the um, the kick times for the first three games of the season. So North Carolina, Furman, they only canceled their baseball program. They are still playing football out there, right? Yeah, Paladins still exist yeah, on the ground. I know. Yeah, it's one of the biggest debacles in the state. Give me a break. And then, uh, and then 
Georgia in Athens. So my guess is two night kicks and a three thirty. In case anybody's wondering. Most likely. Yeah. All right. We'll take well, it. let's uh hit a timeout. Hour one yeah. is in the book. Red's got a pee, so we'll let him yeah. do that. Um, and we've got plenty to get to an hour or two. We'll continue to talk about some Gamecock football. Gamecock baseball is on the diamond as well tonight. And um, so we'll get into some of that, and we'll continue to take your questions in the Nano Support chat box. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Some of the coolest people on the planet are the owners of Electric Bikes of Charleston, Michelle Wilkins and her team. They were all in Mount Pleasant on Saturday. I know many of you met them. I know a few of you have already put yourselves down for a bike or two. One person said he's buying two of them. That was really, really cool. Uh, and uh, rightfully so, because these things are the hottest. You're seeing them everywhere. On the way to the Isle of Palms or riding over the, riding over the connector. If you're in the mountains, the Midlands, or the low country, people come from everywhere to buy from Electric Bikes of Charleston. We are so happy to be Partnered with them and powered by them. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Marcellus Dial got his up to 25 miles per hour this weekend. If that tells you anything, this guy's had some fun riding around on those bikes. So make sure you check them out. We'll hit a timeout and be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them to talk about how they could potentially enclose a porch or a patio for you to enjoy this summer bug-free. Yeah, screw the no seams. That's my uh, bold statement of the day. They're out. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they are out. There's There's no doubt about that. Uh, is red, everything's good with red JC. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, I left the door open for him to come back in and he decided to go back out and saw a bunny <laughs> and he gets, he doesn't like he's anti bunny. They yeah. violate his rules. Uh, in other words, no movement in the yard area. <laughs> uh, otherwise he, uh, gets after him a little bit. So <laughs> the bunny, uh, is what uh, caused that, uh, meltdown right there. Okay. All right. Well, I just want to check on him, make sure. Make sure everything's good. Uh, I did see just a little while ago. Did y'all see that um, Juice Wells? You see his new NIL deal with the Farmer's Dog, the uh, the dog food, the actual dog food. food brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, his dog, his dog's name is uh, Sosa. I'm not sure if he was named after Sammy or where that came from, but the dog's name is Sosa. You think Juice Wells really knows who Sosa, Sammy Sosa, was? Maybe, maybe not. From I don't know. I mean, you got you got to remember, Sammy uh, JC. You're in Chicago. Is Sammy Sosa still like a legend in Chicago? You know, you know, he played for both the White Sox and the Cubs at different yeah. points. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, claim to fame was with the Cubs, but uh, you know, there's the typical discussion, just like there is about Mark McGuire and everybody else, and Barry Bonds during that era. Uh, the, the juice era, I guess, is what they call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, his jersey. I mean, you can walk into any sports bar that's Cubs affiliated, uh, which most of them are on the other end of town. But uh, you can see his jersey up there and uh, uh, all that. So he, he's still a legend. Uh, he's still in these still parts. Again. He's got yeah. kind of that Michael Jackson thing going on. He kind of went from one shade he's, to another. He's fading. <laughs> Not exactly sure how that happens, but I'm not sure either. But yeah, I've seen yeah. him. <laughs> I, like I will Elefante than he did himself back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will maintain what I've said for a long time that um, that the the home run chase of '98, Major League Baseball knew what was going on and they let it happen to save the game. Cause you know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't remember the fact that cause he hit 66 the year that McGuire hit 70, but a lot of people forget the next year. Sosa hit 63. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, he hit 64. Um, and then, you know, you know, obviously, you know, it just started declining from there uh, all the way down to a whopping 49, by the way. Um, but, um, major league baseball, they saved themselves, uh, by doing that because everybody, they had lost so much from the 94 strike, but, uh, and, and then they turned their backs on all these guys when, when everybody started getting popped and things started going, you know, haywire, they, they turned their backs on these guys. I mean, come on guys. Like we're not, we're not stupid, Right. We all knew what was going on. Everybody in baseball knew what was going on. But they let it happen because baseball was once again what baseball once was. So 
Sammy Sosa, in my opinion, he made some poor decisions, but he also was kind of a pawn for the game of baseball. They used that home run chase. They used those guys. They let them do it. And then uh, Major League Baseball was never going to come out and say, well, we knew they were doing it, but we let them do it. So they let them also take the, take the fall is what it is. What do you think on these guys going to Cooperstown? Um, well. Being a baseball guy, you know. <laughs> look, man, I, I – so I think – and these are not. This is always so controversial, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and and I get it. Um, and I don't disagree with anybody that says that any any of the juice guys should not be in 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 Cooperstown. I understand it because there's a lot of Hall of Famers that say they shouldn't be there, and I take their word over anything. Um, I think it's an individual situation because I thought that before Barry Bonds went on to break all the home run records, I thought he was probably going to be a Hall of Famer, anyways. Yeah. I mean, Barry Bonds was a five-tool player, maybe the best player in the game, you know, outside of a guy named Griffey. So, I mean, I, I still think that Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. I don't know about, like, Sammy so- – like, I don't think – I think where you get in trouble is you lump it all into one, right? You, you make one-size-fits-all conversation. Um, you know, I'm not sure about Sammy Sosa. Um, prior to the 66 that he hit, he – he had hit 300 just once in his in his career, and that was in 1994, and the year got shortened. So who knows uh, what it would have actually been? I don't think he had ever had a complete season in the big leagues where he played all 162 games. So I I think you can make the argument that Sammy Sosa, without without the juice, I mean, look, he hit 609 home runs in his career, right? Um, and He's a career 273 hitter, but in the four years that he hit 66, 63, 50, and 64, he hit 308, 288, 320, and 328. So where is he without all that juice? Yeah. I don't think he's anywhere near the Hall of Fame, but I think Barry Bonds was before. Um, Mark McGuire, yeah, it's stuff. It's tough. Yeah. I still think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree, too. I think Pete Rose should be. Oh, I do, too. I think it's absolutely stupid, especially as the major leagues start partnering with, you know, giant gambling websites and things like that in these current times that you got to let them in. (laughs) Yeah, I well, and like Jamie Churchill says, don't let the juice guys in before Rose. I would agree with that, too. Yeah, same. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I I, look, I, I, I don't think it. Is it? I mean, we all have an opinion on everything, and that's part of what we do. But I, I'm not sure that it should be anybody's decision, but the game of baseballs. You know, if 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 the if the players' committee or the veterans' committee, I should say, and the players' committee, if they collaborate together, like if Major League Baseball could figure out a way to bring the Hall of Fame committee alongside the Veterans Committee and with representation from today's game as well and let them collectively vote on all these fringe guys as to whether they should or shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, I think that's where you should get your answer. Forget what ESPN says. I don't care. Forget what JC or Jamie or Phil says. Who cares? You know, these guys know what it's like to play in the big leagues, and they understand what it was like to play in the airs in which all these guys played in. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure why these decisions should be made by sports writers yeah. or anybody else outside of the guys that either played in the era prior to, during, or after. 
and it should be a collective um, decision made amongst amongst all of them, and let their peers decide. Go from there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it speaks to a, a the bigger question is why are we still letting the baseball writers make these calls? Well, I I, I don't I, I I think yeah I so because again it's a to your point Phil like there's another there's another conversation like we we live in this world of one size fits all mm-hmm. and and we all know that all of our feet are different sizes matter of fact both of my I got two feet neither one's the same size as the other one so like it's really hard to have a conversation in sports sometimes we have this one size fits all mentality with every single conversation that we have and some of those conversations certainly are one size fits all like the rules of the game or in which sport you're talking about or whatever the case is. Um, you know, one guy does something stupid. That means that everybody should be punished the same way when you should certainly look at cases a little bit separately as it pertains to like the, the sports writers, like we're seeing this, I think because of transparency, like we live in this world of access now, Phil, right? So you can, you have Twitter and Facebook and you have all these things and everybody's on all these different shows and everybody can have a podcast and everybody can have a, a live show like we have and do whatever they want to do and talk as much as they want to talk. There's just so many ways to get information out and, and, and uh, available. And I think what we are increasingly learning, although all these sports are slow in catching up to this, is that historically leaving a lot of these awards and a lot of these nominations and a lot of these um, Hall of Fame selections or whatever it is in any sport, football, baseball, basketball, you name it, into the hands of people that we're now figuring out actually don't watch all the games <laughs> and actually don't really actually have any idea what it's like to actually go out and do it. Well, think about probably, what percentage of them are, Yeah, or regional as opposed to national too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, these well, are guys I mean, that cover, you know, okay, I'll, I cover the Braves. Well, I mean, how many Angels games did you watch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like I exactly. Well, I mean, you know, you, you ask about the Hall of Fame and the sports writers and this and the other. I mean, I mean, what idiot? I mean, nobody's ever gotten a hundred percent of the vote. So, like, what idiot didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr.? You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, how how can we trust? And nothing's ever going to be perfect, but that's just common sense. Like, there have you ever met one person ever? Who, who you asked anybody, who has a brain? That you, do you think Ken Griffey Jr. should be a Hall of Famer? You'd probably get punched in the face for asking that question. You know, generally people are like, "Are you an idiot? Have you ever watched the game of baseball?" He's, he's probably the best center fielder to ever play the game, alongside Willie Mays and Andrew Jones. And so, like, I'm talking about pure center fielder now, not not just an offense. So, like, I mean, then they qualify well. He shouldn't be first ballot because so and so wasn't also first ballot, and do exactly. you consider him? You know, and it's like, what yeah. is is he good enough to be in the damn hall or what? No, and that's that's <laughs> exactly is, my point. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, one? You, which one? You're you're validated the whole thing. Though was the first unanimous. Do what? Wasn't Mariano Rivera the uh, first unanimous player to be right? And and how is that even ballot? possible? Like yeah. how was how was Babe Ruth not unanimous? Yeah, right. Yeah. How was Hank Aaron not unanimous? I mean, I mean, stop. Just think about this for a second. Like, I mean, some of this is the dumbest crap you've ever heard. Of. I mean, and then you like you get into these Heisman Trophy votes and stuff, and 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 you see yeah. like you know Joe Schmo got point three percent of the vote, and you're like, 
Guy wasn't even – he wasn't even – what? What? Like, how is this guy even – so that's what I'm saying is we're, we're leaving a lot of these major – we put so much into these awards and these decisions, and, and you got idiots in some cases that have some sort of power, and I don't understand how they have it. Why do they have it? What qualified them for that? Because they became the writer for the New York Post? Because they write well? Because they're controversial when they write? Or because they actually understand the game of baseball, like I, you know what I mean. I, so I, mean, I, I don't know. Well, look, this started back in the day when sports writers didn't really take themselves too seriously, like they do now. Yeah, uh, a lot of them get they're like investigative reporters and stuff like that. You know, like well, they want we're to doing real you. we're doing real journalism, guys. And 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 so before that period, you know, the, the writer was like a guy named Scoop Scoop McGee. You know, or Scoop McDonald, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he went out to dinner with the coaches and then was part of the team, basically. Ah, there's Scoop. Ah, Scoop McGee here traveling with the Cleveland Indians. Ah, ah, you know, all <laughs> yeah. right, Copper. See, this is like the 20s. And, and so they entrusted it to this group of people that fundamentally changed over time. And the problem now is, uh, and in, in a few years, it's really going to be an issue. Your baseball writers are going to be these narrative pushers like you have in the political realm now. Um, and it's not going to be about who deserves to be and who's a great player, who's not. It's going to be about who fits the narrative. And you see some of that already, right, yeah. as far as yeah. who gets in and who's, who doesn't. So I, I understand the origins of it. Baseball is a game that is very slow to change. I don't see it changing. Um but we're getting to the point. It's kind of like the Heisman vote, too. Uh, that thing has taken uh, – and Mike Morgan's a Heisman voter. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with all of, his, all of his votes, and I know a lot of Heisman voters and all that. But by and large, it, it becomes like a regional crapshoot talent. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. Something about that just hasn't made a lot of sense either. But uh, uh, I think that uh, as far as Baseball Hall of Fame goes, you know, back in the day – you know, you could trust your local sports writer. He was kind of part of the team. Uh, and then everybody went and decided they were going to, you know, be like the Watergate reporters uh, at, at the Washington Post. And now there's a big wall up. And that's unfortunate because I, I don't think people read sports to unearth like gigantic controversies and, and things. I think people read sports because it's entertainment. They want to learn about their team. Now, I'm not saying there's not a place for investigative journalism in sports, but by and large, that's what everybody's chasing now. They don't give a damn what the consequences are. You know, they don't give a damn about the team. Half the time, they don't give a damn about the sport. They don't even like the sport. I, I, I think most college football writers on the national level don't even like football. Um, so like you know, right? that, that's kind of that's my little journalism rant for a day for the day. And before anybody says, "Well, aren't you a journalist?" No, I have a degree in journalism. I was once a journalist. I've disowned that title. I prefer personality now, <laughs> uh, or, or, or guy on the web. You know, uh, not a journalist anymore. I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be called dead with that title at this point, just because it doesn't mean what it used to. You're an analyst and a content creator now. Con- I like it. Oh, content, content creator. creator. That's nice. That's I what like we do. Social media influencer. Only on my only fans. Only on my OnlyFans account. <laughs> social, social media influencer. Yeah, I mean, I um, I I love seeing some of that some of that stuff. Yeah, I I, I just 
yeah, some of these things, uh, it, it just it makes you. I mean, there's there's nine guys who didn't vote for Hank Aaron. I mean, did you ever watch a yeah. game? Like, I mean, there's like, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just it just blows me away. Ozzy Smith, ninety one point seven percent. Who didn't vote for Ozzy Smith? I mean, yeah, Johnny Bench, he's the greatest catcher to ever play. You know, I mean, uh, I, I mean, Ty, Ty Cobb didn't get four votes. I mean, Jeez. there's eight people that there's eight people that didn't vote for Cal Ripken Jr. I mean, I, you know, I I don't know what like how do you, how do you even have a vote if you don't know what the best player in the game looks like? I I don't understand. Is it something personal? Did he not take your call once? Like, did he did he call you a name in an interview? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Ty Cobb, um, probably. I mean, you ever seen that movie? Yeah, right. Lee yeah. Jones. Uh, uh, Ty Cobb was a hellraiser. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, so. Yeah, and Clint says, like, you know, in my opinion, the Heisman should be the best player in the country, you know, offense or defense. Yeah, I mean, the, the Heisman's another one that's just gotten watered down with, I, I don't know what's going on. So it's just, it's, it's, it's hey, look. Uh, this is personal to me. I mean, what we got to go is we got to get to a break. But this is this is personal. But I can prove it with the stats and facts. In twenty, uh, I think it was seventeen or eighteen. And I'm not just saying this because I know the guy. I'm saying this because like it was kind of a foregone conclusion amongst his peers that he was going to win it. Justin Smoke should have won the Gold Glove Award in the American League, but his name just didn't happen to be as popular with some voters. And he and he didn't get. It. He was an All Star, but. There wasn't a first baseman in the league that had had the year that he had had, and he didn't win the gold glove? Like, how does that even happen? I mean, it goes to the best first baseman. The gold glove award is to the best to the best guy at his position in each league, and he didn't get it. He finished second, and he was like, dude, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know what I have to do. Um, I think he made one error in 162 games. <laughs> it's amazing. And how saved about, about 100 Kroger? runs. How about Kai Kroger? You know, in the Ray Guy Award. Yeah. I mean, mean, Beamer said it perfectly. Beamer's like, do you even watch the games? He's the best (laughs) punter in the country. (laughs) Like, this isn't really. uh, Yeah. So, anyways. I remember when they recruited him, uh, uh, Muschamp and them signed him, and they, they were excited about that guy. They thought. They thought he was. They thought Jeter was elite, too. And they took some crap crap for taking him. You know, yeah. oh, why are we recruiting? I mean, dang, I mean, they don't – South Carolina does not win a lot of the games that won this past year, if not not for Mitch Jeter and uh, Kai Kroger. Uh, especially think about that Clemson game, how much of an impact Kai Kroger made over and over and over again, pinning them back. I mean, that that was huge. That was huge. So. Six people didn't vote for Nolan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ever, ever seen Nolan Ryan in the fight? Hey, talk like, about remain uh, anonymous, boy. Would hey, you hey, be on that guy's shit list? I was about to say <laughs> you want to you want to you want to solve these problems? Yeah. P- publish the names of the guys that didn't vote for him and see how yeah. long they keep their jobs. Uh, you know, not that you like you have to be forced to like I can't stand that. Like you have to vote for this guy because we're all voting for him. And nah, you vote for who you think should. But, you know, it's like, at the same time, you didn't vote for Nolan Ryan. You, you do know that's Nolan Ryan, right? Yeah? Okay, you're fired. I mean, I, I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, anyways. All right. Well, 
It's 1222. I'm glad we got off of that horse. Speaking of horses, we are going to keep mentioning this because we're proud of Joe Rice and his crew. Confidence game at 20 to 1 odds to win the Derby on Saturday. All right, we're teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. It is, I mean, have you been outside? Is there any weather in the world better than this right now? 75 and sunny. There ain't even a cloud in the state of South Carolina. And the lows tonight are going to be in the mid-50s. This is unbelievable. I think JC just got snow in Chicago. If you want to play golf in the Carolinas where it's in the 70s, and you've played your current course, your home course, over and over and over and over again, maybe you're in the low country and you just want to shoot up to Santee and go play. Dude, join TravelingCountryClub.com. This will get you playing golf on so many courses. It is awesome. I am a proud member. They Like, literally every time we say this, more people sign up. This thing is ballooning. It is awesome. And Michael Manis is the owner, and he played golf at South Carolina. Uh, you will have a blast anywhere pretty much that you go in South Carolina and upwards into North Carolina, like the mountains, Charlotte area. There is a course to play, travelingcountryclub.com. You can also check out the Plunder on Pauly's Golf Tournament by heading to that website where you could win $12,000 in that event. If you can play golf, you might want to take a look at registering for that one. Travelingcountryclub.com. All right, time out. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event, and it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. 
Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, travelingcountryclub.com, travelingcountryclub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sing This is Colmerson from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Columbia Studios, and it brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Special thanks again to our friends at Sinorama for coming through Clutch for some banners for last oh, Carolina Rise Live events. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. We will be yeah. reaching out to, to give you a little bit more heads up for some things we need in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't ask you three days before we need it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Blame Vista Print for that one, man. Uh, well, don't worry. You don't ever have to use them again for that, anything. Yeah. Matt's. Yeah. We don't. That's Matt, awesome. those guys are the best. I mean, they, they, there's a reason why the Gamecocks use them. So, I mean, yeah. we will, uh, they don't just, uh, they don't just uh, market themselves on our program for nothing. They're they're the uh, the best of the best of the best of the best. Yeah, yeah just, just got a text from Meredith uh, McKellar Enterprises. Uh, she said someone from the show 
uh, emailed her to schedule a private lesson. And uh, my understanding is there have been many of you that have taken advantage uh, of her expertise to get your golf game better. And uh, I want to just say to all of you out there, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I think everybody enjoys the show, right? Um, but when, when you go and patronize our advertisers, that, that just kind of makes it uh, complete, you know, because, because, you know, they pay for spots on the show uh, and it, it, it makes them feel like, you know, obviously their investment is, uh, is worthy. And, uh, you know, we're proud to partner with all these guys. They're all Gamecocks. And, uh, you know, so I just want to thank our audience for uh, showing these guys some business. Uh, that, that helps everybody. So uh, thank you, guys. You complete me would be our word and message to all of you. So certainly. Thank you for that. Cam, how long do we have to sign up for the VIP tailgate? That information is not available yet. Yeah, um, we, we got we to gotta figure out when we're having it and, and all TV, that. Wait, but, waiting on some kick times here. Yeah, kick times uh, will determine that, but it, it's not going to be – You'll know, you know, you'll yeah. have plenty of advance notice. To Matter sign of fact, for that. Uh, Cam, you're top of the list. We'll, uh, you're we'll invited, be, dude. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> we got you. You're at the very you top so. of the list. You'll, uh, JC will send you a letter in the mail along with a $10,000 bill and, uh, yes. make sure that you are the first one invited. By the way, a good, healthy conversation in the, uh, Nana Sports chat box about, um, the Hall of Fame, uh, because I am a believer in Andrew Jones, too. I think Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. He's got the six most gold gloves of all time. Which, by the way, is tied with a guy named King Griffey Jr. The only difference is Griffey hit 200 more home runs. That's a big difference <laughs> for my dad. Um, but uh, I think Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. And But I understand why people don't. But when you're the best center fielder of a, of a generation, it's hard to argue against that. So, No doubt. No That's doubt. Fine. It's my stance. So Lance wants uh, an SEC championship for Christmas. Well, Lance, uh, you... yeah, let's bring one of those. Home. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one, bud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put them right about that. See what they say. Well, there's a lot of people sitting on Santa's lap asking for that one. That's well, I mean, sure. this is this is this is the last year of division play, so this will be the last SEC East champion. So. Better now than never. Hells yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, speaking of that, I was reading in The Athletic, Seth Emerson has a really good uh, a report out on, on kind of where things stand. There's an athletics director meeting coming up with the SEC here this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's in Destin, Destin, Florida. But uh, it was summer. Um, and so apparently the eight-game model – is back on the table pretty strongly. No. Uh, that's why they haven't come to terms with it. And apparently it's uh, ESPN and, and you know, ESPN is very, uh, you know, they're cutting jobs and all of Disney is cutting jobs right now. Um, ESPN uh, apparently is not willing to fork out a little more for nine uh, and it would make it, you know, and, and so the eight, the eight model is back on the table. Okay. I still kind of feel like nine will get their way. But uh, eight is, is going to be wild, man, because there's one permanent opponent. Uh, for South Carolina, it will be Kentucky because there's no other. Uh, all the other ones have some sort of, you know, I mean, they're not going to not play the Egg Bowl, Iron Bowl, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida every year. You know, Tennessee will get Vanderbilt as their every year opponent. 
Um, you know, Arkansas will get uh, Missouri. Uh, they're going to keep that forced rivalry intact. A uh, and M will play LSU every year, uh, so it'll begin Cox and Kentucky. But then seven—I mean, like ninety percent of your schedule flips every year, or at least every other year if they go, you know, A B or like A A B B instead of A B A B. But uh, that's going to be wild because so much will change year to year with your schedule in the SEC. I mean, that's uh, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be crazy. So if it's eight, um, I but still apparently, done, though. yeah, apparently there's a lot of schools though, that, that are now that the money may not be there, they're kind of backing off. Well, maybe we should go with eight because you know, it's a, it's, you'd have to cancel home games, non-conference games. And you obviously get a lot of revenue, several million dollars off of a home game, even if it's not a big time opponent. So, uh, interesting piece by Seth from the athletic on that subject. I, uh, you know, I, just because Carolina, uh, you know, plays Clemson every year and has, you know, some neat home and homes with Miami coming up, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia Tech, uh, I would think Carolina would probably be in the eight category. Um, you have schools like Florida, though, who are in the nine, and they have Florida State every year. So uh, it'll be an interesting debate to see who comes out on top. You know, uh, from what the article said, they could end up in a tie, eight to eight, with the voting. Uh, so that's that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Who breaks that tie? Sankey? Coin flip, get Greg Sankey. I don't, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it, 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 you know, and look, the ACC is staying at eight. Uh, everybody else is at nine. Uh, so what? It's just like I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think. There's, Whatever the ACC obviously, does, don't do that. The ACC yeah. at eight's like us being at six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, it's like, yeah, they used to do that, Phil. They used to <laughs> the SEC scheduling used to be wild. I mean, uh, back in the day, I mean, some some schools would play five SEC games a year, then they count a non-conference toward it and stuff. I mean, it, it was wild. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I you know, selfishly from a South Carolina standpoint, I'd, I'd like to go to South South Beach and F- Fort Lauderdale and all that here in a couple of years and, you know, play Miami and uh, continue to play the North Carolina schools, especially now that they're going to go back home and home. Uh, I was in, at Chapel Hill the last time they played in Chapel Hill. Oh, I was too. Uh, and it's a beautiful setting for a football oh, game. Oh, seven. Yeah. 17 seasons yeah. ago. 16 years. That was the first year we had the BigSpur.com. Wow. Yeah. I remember Franklin Street very well. Well, yeah. not really. But <laughs> I remember being there. Maybe not well. Yeah. I remember thinking when it was 21 to nothing, man, we're going to embarrass them right here on, uh, mm-hmm. in their own ballpark. And the final score was 21 to 15. Well, they're firing. TJ Yates is firing at the end zone. That, that game, I kind of figured out TJ Yates is pretty good at the time. He's like a two star kid. Uh, yeah, he ended up playing in the NFL for a long time and stuff. So that was, uh, North Carolina, had they continued on with Butch Davis and he had he and, and uh, John Blake not got caught cheating, um, yeah, I think North Carolina would have been gotten back. I mean, Butch Davis is a really good coach, and and he had them recruiting well. Remember, they got Robert Quinn, and uh, they were sure. they were about to build it into a power, and then the air went out of the tire, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, well. 
I you know, Butch Davis, by the way, he's he's out of coaching now, right? After he left FIU a couple years ago, he's mm-hmm. not coaching anywhere now, right? Yeah. Um, man, you talk about a guy that seemingly was the hot name in coaching. He went from uh, defensive coordinator for, uh, of the Cowboys to Miami to being the head coach of the Cleveland Browns to North Carolina to being out of coaching for seven years and then basically taking a, yeah, I kind of need a little bit of a little extra cash in my pocket. Let's go somewhere where we can enjoy it. FIU, sounds good. Of course, I, I did, didn't did FIU beat Miami while he was there? I think so, yeah. Yes, they I, beat I the Hurricanes one year. <laughs> they beat yeah. them. That Miami yeah. program's in, Miami's embarrassing. You know, yeah. I mean, they used to, it, it's embarrassing down there, but, uh, yeah. Nation says, so Carolina backed off four-star Gilbert, four-star, star Hyatt. Is that Jalen Hyatt's brother? Uh, if so, no business being a four-star Jalen was a three, by the way. Um, God, good one is just not a player that they've, uh, prioritized. I mean, it, it, you know, and look with a lot of these guys, man, I don't, you know, they're four stars and all, but I don't know. So was Mike Wyman. Uh, you know, so was a, so were a lot of guys. And, and I, I, I think we're, there's so many receivers out there. Uh, it's easy to throw four stars on a guy just because you like some things he does. But, you know, are, are they as good as a guy that maybe runs 4-4 four, four that doesn't have the extra star? You know, that's the question you got to answer, answer. And, uh, you know, Justin Stepp's done a good job <clears throat> uh, flipping this room since he's been there. And so – you know, I, I pretty much think he knows what he's doing uh, with evaluation. Uh, you know, I, I think there's some guys that can really play that he's gotten. So, um, I would I would not fret over wide receiver recruiting, really any position uh, right now, uh, especially when it comes to quote unquote four star guys that are kind of borderline anyway. And uh, like like I said, you know, Gilbert, I, I don't think he was a guy that they thought was fast enough. You know, to just to be frank. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I I, um, I spent some time, a lot of time, as a matter of fact, with a very uh, in a very deep conversation with uh, Elijah Caldwell's head coach at Northwestern uh, just a couple of weekends ago. Matter of fact, me and Flint did because um, we know him very well, and um, I asked him point blank, "We think." He said, well, I think he should have been at South Carolina all along. He's he's going to be fine. Now, again, I only share these conversations when they can be shared, uh, and I only would share it if this is – like, I'm going to be told the truth. This isn't like an interview, you know? You know what I mean, JC? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. this isn't something where I'm yeah. – like, believe me, we, we talk to plenty of people who it's like, yeah, that ain't going to work. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> That's going to be not that ain't good. No. Um, and you, you want to be careful about some of that information and, and how it's put out. But uh, Elijah Caldwell is a guy who is he's going. I don't know how much he'll play this year because they're, they're pretty loaded. They feel pretty good about that wide receiver room. But um, but what what was pretty surprising to me was, you know, this kid, the other schools that were really, really, really on him were were Wake Forest and Boston College. They had really gotten in early, and um, 
so they had a lot of momentum because they kind of took the first chances. And then as people started to kind of see this young man, it was like, oh, wait a second here. I think we might have, we might miss the boat on this. And he really developed a little bit later. Um, South Carolina, by vert, and I'm not going to in, in any disclose the conversation that I was told that the Gamecocks had with Northwestern's head coach, Coach Walford. But I will just tell you that their way of evaluating wide receivers and the way that kind of Justin Stepp seemingly goes about it, pretty impressive. Um, because I, I, I don't know anything about recruiting in football. I know a lot about it in baseball. Never recruited a football player. Um, never had one that I'm coaching being recruited. So I, I don't know how these guys do things outside of what we see in here and in, in the surface conversations. But uh, it um, it led me down the, the path of, okay, so everybody kind of has their thing. Some people just throw out offers based on tape. Some people just, you know, do it based on player rankings. Some people do it a little bit differently. South Carolina has a really unique way of doing it, and it's not something like where they're trying to rewrite the book. It's just their way of doing it. And and um, so that's why you kind of are like we just saw it last year in the secondary, right? DQ Smith, Nikeem and Warrior, if those names ring a bell at all. They, they, there are guys, and this one, Elijah Caldwell, seems to fit, fit in line with some of these other dudes as to how they evaluate, when they evaluate, when they offer, and why they offer. And, um, man, it's, pr- it's pretty interesting and sure as hell seems to be working for Carolina. So from a wide receiver standpoint, that's the only thing I'm going to add to that conversation. Can't say that anybody's right, wrong. Of this, uh, uh, you know, our guy, Bruin Nation, I'm not telling you one thing or another. I, I don't know. I'm just giving you some insight as to what I've learned, and it seems like their process of evaluating at that position has been has been unique and pretty good. And uh, look, for those of you asking, Clint was asking, you know, about Omega Blake and Landon Sampson and those guys. Uh, I'm going to just uh, throw this out at you. Elijah Caldwell, as he mentioned, Tyshawn Russell, uh, C.J. Ad- uh, Adams, Kelton Henderson, they, they feel like they hit on all those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, so those are going to be your guys. Uh, and then, you know, chances are that they may pick up a guy out of the portal. You never know. Uh, you know, with at receiver, they just did. But, uh, Eddie yeah, Lewis. Just did. Eddie, Eddie Lewis, Lewis is going to be pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, none of a. This is this is a weird. This is a weird game cop phenomenon. Nobody's talking about Nick Harbor. No, right. I was just about to say. I mean, you I mean it's, like, it's, it's like the hype train stopped in the tunnel right? somewhere. But it's like it's I like mean, nobody's mentioned it. Here's this like five star freak of a guy. Yeah. We, we, all won won we can't recruit wide receivers. We just signed the best one in like, twenty years. <laughs> Coming in to play receiver, and we're just everybody's like, oh, who's going to play receiver? Well, I, Thank I you, JC. Well, point I'm well like, made. Yeah. You know, but uh, I, I think I think they really like the 2023 group and. uh you know, Jonathan Paler from North Carolina obviously is a big target for them, and he's favoring the Gamecocks, and you know for a number of reasons. And from Burlington Cummings, and he they call him the missile, and he plays like it. You know, uh, you know, and I, like I said, Kelton Henderson is a guy. When we had Taylor Edwards on this show, he said he's a guy that can do some things other people can't. Uh, you know, and so I think I think they're excited about him. Um, C.J. Adams is kind of a a big. Uh, a bigger type guy, not quite a tight end, but uh, if you watch his film, he's got a little Brian Edwards in him. Tyshawn Russell from Pennsylvania was a late riser uh, who's got speed, and, you know, you mentioned Caldwell. So I 
I think the receiver room is in good hands. Um, you know, I, I'm very curious, even though I haven't talked about it a lot, to see, you know, what exactly Harbor can do year one. I, I continue to maintain that him playing receiver as opposed to tight end means he'll be on the field uh, early and often uh, for the Gamecocks during his career. Well, I, t- I tell you what, man, and I know we got to hit a timeout, but it's just from where they were uh, only a couple of years ago, I remember, uh, oh gosh, going into the 2020 season and and just trying to figure out, outside of Shy Smith, is there anybody on this this team that really can, can do anything? And then you, um, you get into 21 and, I mean, guys, you know, that's why they had moved to carry on Joiner out there, right? Uh, there was really seemingly nobody outside of Josh Van, and you just you watch Josh Van develop, and you watch all these guys come on, and 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 now all of a sudden, I mean, I look at this wide receiver room, and everybody's going to talk about Juice Wells, and and I we get it. He, Juice Wells has a chance to be an All American, probably, probably, probably will be All League, and then give themselves a chance for something like that, um, but. I mean, you look you look around like they're they're not short of players in that in that locker room at all at all. It's they've got a lot of talent in there. Xavier Leggett is a guy who's it is hard to not be really excited about him. You think about just some of the moments he had last year, right? Juice Wells took all the attention. <laughs> Remember the catch against Notre Dame? You know the hundred yard yeah. kickoff. I mean, he had multiple other plays throughout the season. Uh, they, they, there are a lot of guys, including the fact that they just added another one out of the portal. And Lewis, Josh Simon's going to play a lot out there. You mentioned Nick Harbor. There is, there's, I, I'm cautious to say elite talent, but there is a group of kids in there that have a chance to have a pretty elite group. Um, yeah. And, and, and that happened quick, man. I mean, within two years. So two years ago, you couldn't have guessed this. And and now here we are. So hats off yeah, to the staff for what they've done. And look how much better step got guys like Jalen Brooks and Josh Van. Like Jalen Brooks got drafted. Yeah, you know, I absolutely. Mean, look, how much, look how he coached those guys. And had it, and had he not been screwed with that personal situation that was going on with him, he he would yeah. have had a, an outstanding year. Absolutely. From by the yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that's and those are the guys you got to hope you, you can replace because. Uh, you, you know, you, you can't have just juice, you know, you got to have guys to kind of keep juice out of situations where they bracket him and, and stuff like that, because, you know, they're going to come into the game going, who do we need to stop? Well, we need to stop juice wells. Uh, and you make them pay, you know, with other guys and that, that's how you do it. And then you get juice in one-on-one situations and it's over. So, uh, they got a lot of guys I think can uh, help, uh, uh, you know, take some of the attention away from juice this year and allow him to have another big year. Yeah, and by the way, as the as the summer goes along, we'll we'll, we'll throw our uh, our names into a hat, and 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 because there's always one, somebody always we got you know we, everybody speculates about this every year, right? They they worry about this, that, and the other, and then all of a sudden somebody comes out of the blue, and you're like, where did this guy come from? Well, he's been on the roster for two years. You know, players do get better as time goes on. There's a thing called development. You know, who's that going to be this year? Who's going to pop? Somebody's it's somebody's name is going to emerge. In that group, is it Omega Blake? Is it Landon Sampson? Is it Kylie Horton? Is it Xavier Short? You know, is it who's it going to be? There's going to be somebody that's a young guy that you go, okay, that's WR one down the road. Um, here he comes. So, Kylie made uh, it was out of bounds. It was a pass from Sellers, but uh, he made a beautiful one-handed catch uh, in the yeah. spring game. 
his situation is simply, I mean, the guy played eight man football. So you yeah. gotta, you, you, there is a, there is a big learning curve there, but, uh, and he's big, uh, dude. He's six, yeah, four, six, two ten. And he runs, he's, he, I mean, it, it was a, a multi-sport athlete. So yeah. if I'm going to circle one of those guys, I'm going to circle him probably before Omega Blake uh, right now, just based on what I've heard. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think they, you know, you got Amarian Brown, Xavier Leggett's back, Juice Wells. You got two stud tight ends that are really good pass catchers. Um, you know, behind those guys, you know, we'll see if some of the freshmen, Kelton Henderson, somebody like that breaks in, but, uh, uh, it's, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I... every day, every day. <laughs> All right. Day. Let's, we'll hit our final <laughs> time out of the afternoon and, uh, we'll come back and get you teed up for Carolina baseball tonight from the Sinorama studios and built by the Barndo co the barndominium co.com. One of the United States's best builders. We'll be right back. And the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. So does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Go two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Welcome back, get everybody. Help. I know. <laughs> oh, what the deal is, poor JC? Yeah. <laughs> there. 
Yeah, I, it's all right. Hold on. Um, what am I doing? I don't, I don't, I don't know. But uh, in the meantime, I'll tee people up for tonight's uh, South Carolina Winthrop baseball game. It will be uh, Eli Jones scheduled to get the start for South Carolina, and Alex Logish, the, the redshirt sophomore, ready for the Eagles. So with a 6.33 earned run average uh, coming into the game tonight. More likely, you're probably going to see a lot of arms. Carolina will have to hit the road for Lexington on Thursday morning because they've got the Wildcats of Kentucky coming up um, this this weekend. But, um, but Phil, this is one of the uh, – as the when you get late in the year like this and you, you're positioned to be a top eight national seed as they are, this is one of those – seed eater type games and and South Carolina really only has two of those left this one North Florida next Tuesday night uh where if you lose it it really could kind of bump you in the RPI something that collectively could could hurt you down the road so don't lose the game and win would be what you want to do <laughs> don't don't drop your midweeks and don't get swept this weekend and you can call this stretch a success. And then you go in next week. Don't lose your midweek. Yeah. Win this, you know. <laughs> well, no, it's Arkansas next week, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Don't yeah. get swept at Arky. <laughs> you know, basically, if you win, yeah. if you come out of this next two weeks, four and four. The right way, win the midweeks and don't get swept on the road. Yeah. You're still in, I think, yeah, top eight territory. You are. You're in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because of I your, think your losses are quality. Yeah, I mean, and I think they'll come out better than that. But you damn sure don't need to pick them. Just so, just keep your opinions to yourself on what you think these. <laughs> well, because that sweep I, didn't do us any damn bit of good with it going into Auburn last week. <laughs> One time in ten years, I say they're going to sweep, and uh, everybody holds me holds me to the fire. Generally, I don't ever say anything like that. It's uh, no, yeah, <laughs> in the SEC, man. Um, I mean, best case scenario is you you win tonight, and you go up to Lexington and take a couple. You win that because you got to remember Kentucky's still number four in the RPI. Yeah. So if you go up there and you and you win a couple on the road, you're going to jump back to number one. And and then from there you're 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 really playing with house money all the way home. Um I think though one of the things that really, really, really pe- people probably don't realize this is interesting about the league this weekend. There's there's a lot that can happen this weekend, uh, Phil. A lot of movement can be shifted around in the Southeastern Conference. And um, if anybody, if you haven't looked at the schedule, I don't know the last time I've ever seen this, um, but it's pretty remarkable. Number one LSU on the road at Auburn. Number three, South Carolina on the road at Kentucky. Number four, Florida on the road at A&M. Number five, Vanderbilt. On the road at Alabama. Yep. Number six, Arkansas. On the road at Mississippi State. 
Hmm. Number 18, Tennessee on the road at Georgia. Georgia's playing to get into the tournament. So all of those teams who are on the road, I mean, this this could be a really wild weekend in league play. That's really good. Uh, you only have one ranked team hosting, and that happens to be Kentucky hosting the number three team, us. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you got Gamecock baseball going into Lexington. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, setup here. Yeah, But you're right, could make for a wild weekend, uh, or maybe not. Yeah. You know, because I mean, we've seen, we haven't seen a whole lot of shaking up going on, you know, not in the past few weeks. I think yeah. the, the, the ranking systems and different outfits have started to kind of settle in they on who's good. In. Yeah. yeah. They know who's good, who's not. It, it would take something drastic for anybody to uh, really make any moves, but what could have a big swing in it is your, uh, where you stand in the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's yeah. going to win? Who's going to win the regular season crown? That's, that's right. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I also guys called for Carolina to beat Clemson two out of three. <laughs> I called for uh, them to take the series over Florida, which they did. I've been right a lot. No, you've being been, wrong, you've been good. Being wrong once or twice, that you know happens. It's uh, Craig. I did see uh, what happened to Mississippi State, and I have uh, spoken with him. So. Uh, hopefully good things coming down the pike for Scott Foxhall. He's one of the good ones in this sport, no doubt. All right, we are out of time. We are. It's time for Phil to whistle us home here. Let's go. Here we are. I know. I missed it at the... Mike Morgan. Jeez. Yeah, he was, he was, he was hump, he was, uh, <laughs> he was humping it. He was. What I loved that. was his reaction when the music came on because he immediately was like, <laughs> like it was coming from in the house. <laughs> he like, turned around. We, we've got you. You're out. That's your headphones, yeah. Mike. <laughs> All right. JC will, uh, I don't know what's going on up there in Chicago. We'll figure it out. What's today? Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday, which means the next day's Friday. <laughs> Spot on, JB. Spot on. Man, things are really coming together. You're getting better at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, thanks to Hale McGranahan for popping in an hour number one. Thanks, as always, to all of you. We sure do love spending our lunch hours with you every day around here. Uh, We will be back at it tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Phil, have yourself a wonderful afternoon. This weather is just, just, just beautiful. Maybe a beer outside will be worth your time. How about that? For Phil and JC, I'm JB from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Co. This has been Inside the Gamecocks. The show. We'll see you tomorrow at 11.